Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. Two relatively new weapon systems have captured the public's imagination since the beginning of the century. Armed unmanned aerial vehicles or drones and the missiles intended to intercept them. Because the drones are playing such a prominent role in the Ukraine war, especially with Russia assisted by Iran in this dimension, Ukraine has asked for Israel's agreement to supply it with counter-drone systems. Israel is reluctant to do so for both strategic and technological reasons. Do the Ukrainians really need Israel in this regard, or are they just looking for symbolic rather than substantial help? Joining us from central Israel to discuss this matter is Brigadier General in Reserve Doron Gavish, who is a former Air Defense Chief at the Israeli Air Force. Thank you for joining us, General. Thank you. Also joining us from Israel's north is a retired Brigadier General, Redik Shafir, who is a former Israeli Air Force commander of the Ternov Air Force Base. Thank you for joining us as well, General. Hello. And with me in the studio, of course, as usual, TV7 editor-at-large, host of Watchmen Talk, Powers and Play, and so much more, Mr. Amir. Oh, and Amir, give us a broader understanding of this complex issue that is obviously capturing the headlines all over the world these days. So the um, uh, Russia-Ukraine war has been going on for eight months now. And every uh, few weeks, uh, there's a new star, quote-unquote, uh, in the world press. It used to be the Turkish drones um, operated by the Ukrainians against uh, the Russians. And more recently, uh, before the um, very latest uh, news uh, about the Russian charge that the Ukrainians are going uh, to use a so-called dirty radiological bomb on their own territory in order to incriminate the Russians, which was denied, of course, um, we have uh, the uh, issue of uh, Iranian um, supplied drones plus the assistance uh, in order uh, to <coughs> employ them um, in the service of the Russians against the Ukrainians and Ukraine's uh, open request to Israel announced by uh, Kiev and by the Ukrainian uh, ambassador uh, to Tel Aviv uh, to the effect that Israel has many air defense uh, systems, he enumerated them all, and Israel can and should supply the Ukraine uh, with those systems. Now, Defense Minister Benny Gantz and others uh, have replied um, politely, diplomatically, that it is not um, uh, currently possible. And obviously there are a few reasons. First of all, Israel doesn't want uh, to be involved in killing Russian pilots. Because the defense systems uh, are supposedly uh, going to be used against drones, unmanned aerial vehicles, but who will stop the Ukrainians from using them against manned um, aircraft? And then Israel uh, uh, will be implicated in killing uh, Russians. And also, technologically, many of the secrets embedded in these systems were could be captured by the Russians, by the Iranians, and Israel uh, could lose its technological edge. So all in all, it seems that the Ukrainians uh, understood it and wanted it in order to put pressure on Israel 
to uh, come out in uh, support in other, um, by other means, uh, by supplying uh, technology or early warning systems. And this seems to be the state of play right now. Indeed. General Gavish, your outlook at the current situation? Well, uh, first of all, I'd like I have to say that I completely agree with uh, what was said uh, by Amir. I would also add to it that, uh, you know, an, an Israeli system into this arena, it's not something that uh, you plug and play with. And it's, well, it's right not for only for the Israeli system, also for other Western systems. You have to remember that the Ukraine military is based on usually most of the weapons are, are Eastern weapons, Russians' weapon, and so on. So in order to bring in a completely new system with the completely new capabilities, it would take for months. Uh, to train them, to um, to teach them the the doctrines, the the way of working, and so on. So, even from an operational, pure operational point of view, I think that it's very challenging to to bring in. And and as uh, as Amir said, there are also other considerations. Uh, we also have to mention that uh, it's not that uh, the Ukrainian are without uh, defense systems. They still have uh, air defense systems. Uh, I would say for the three main layers, uh, they have a lot of uh, stingers plus minus which is uh, which is a um, uh, manpad uh, system they have some some of guns and they also showed some uh, capabilities against those uh, drones they have the sa6 11 15 for the mid-size and they have the sa300 so uh, they do have some uh, systems as we said most of them eastern ones and uh, they showed some uh, capabilities, and I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, later we would discuss about the, the drone threat in, uh, specifically, um, but this is what I would add uh, for the beginning. General Shafil, the, the most severe problem is the political problem. Uh, the Iron Dome uh, is capable of shooting down um, these kind of drones uh, and have shown their capabilities. Uh, but obviously they come with a radar system for warning and so on. Um, and I think what uh, Benny Gantz had, uh, had in mind is to supply them with radar that uh, is sensitive enough to pinpoint the drones uh, where they fly. Uh, the problem with these drones are that they have a very low RCS, which is a radar signature. Um, that means that in order to see them, you also see a lot of clutter, uh, birds, etc. Um, but uh, with the type of early warning system that we can uh, give them, um, this would be solved. But shooting down the drones still remains a problem. And I think, uh, rightly, the idea that we would shoot down uh, Russians with uh, anti-aircraft missiles, where we are uh, in a state of a uh, neutrality while we fly in, uh, in, the Le in Lebanon, um, is so dangerous that uh, no Israeli leader will make that decision. Um, so it's understood why the Ukrainians are putting pressure, uh, but this is something that uh, Israel cannot condone to. So uh, I think as far as that is concerned, um, Ukraine can put a lot of pressure, but I don't think we should give in to that pressure. 
Nevertheless, as General Govish mentioned, the Ukrainians do have uh, certain systems. And if this early warning system provides uh, capacity to identify the trajectory of uh, such a drone, uh, Mr. Olin, it, it seems like the Ukrainians would have it pretty much handed to them uh, as they'll be able to utilize shoulder uh uh, carried propelled uh, grenades or, or whatever the stingers that they're using right now? Well, you know, uh, it brings to mind the uh, war of the cities between Iran and Iraq in the latter part of the Iran-Iraq war in the 1980s um, with one distinction, that there is only one city here, only one party. The Ukrainians are absorbing the um, attacks, the barrages, and they are not responding against uh, Russian territory. Now, during that war of the cities, the two sides, the Iranians and the Iraqis, have perfected the art of uh, firing um, uh, ground-to-ground, surface-to-surface missiles. And uh, later, Israel in 1991... um, uh, was um, uh, getting the brunt of the Iraqi missiles. And this is um, uh, to say that um, the art of operating swarms of drones, not only uh, single drones or, or uh, a couple of them or a flight, by swarms, which theoretically has been uh, analyzed for many years now, but uh, has not been tried on the battlefield. It is best for the West including Israel, that it is not practiced on the Ukrainian battlefield because other adversaries of Iran and uh, its proxies are going to get it later on. So if you look at it um, from an operational uh, point of view, uh, for Israel, it is best that the uh, drone danger be done with quickly. But as um, our two generals uh, said, the strategic context is more important. And strategically, what we see is that the war of attrition in uh, Ukraine is not going to solve by any particular system or any particular counter system. The uh, drones are used to terrorize civilian uh, population centers. Um, These uh, civilians are not going to put pressure on President Zelensky to give up and uh, sign on the dotted line that uh, Putin puts uh, to him. So what is the point of of these uh, attacks? Only to prolong the war. And no external force, including Israel, has any interest in prolonging the war. The main effort should be diplomatic. And because a few days ago, Defense uh, Secretary Austin and his European colleagues called up uh, Minister of Defense Shoigu at Shoigu's request. It seems that there are a few inklings that some diplomatic solution can be found. So it is premature for Israel to put itself into this fight, even if the, the topic at hand um, is the drone uh, warfare. Which is quite significant because the, the line of communications between the West and, and Moscow at this stage is the worst it's been ever, uh, pretty much. Uh, historically speaking, even during the Cold War, there was still an open line of communication. But you know, the, you know the, uh, the Americans 
have designated, that is sanctioned, um, people in Putin's own entourage, uh, including uh, his uh, spokesperson, Peskov, and um, the uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs, Lavrov, but not Shoigu, and not the generals. Mm -hmm. So they are leaving a line of communications between the Pentagon and the um, Russian military establishment. Very interesting uh, indeed. You, you mentioned Peskov, uh, the spokesperson for the Kremlin, uh, who denied uh, using uh, Iranian drones in uh, the Ukrainian battlefield, echoed, of course, by uh, his counterpart in the foreign ministry in Iran, who said that uh, these are Western fabrications. Nevertheless, uh, while the United States initiated sanctions against Iran over uh, those drone systems being shipped from Iran to uh, Russia for the purpose of utilizing them in the war in Ukraine. Uh, the Europeans somewhat lagged behind, but ultimately last weekend uh, they uh, brought about uh, the implementations of a round of sanctions and uh, subsequently in a UN Security Council meeting deliberating this matter, uh, the French ambassador to uh, the United Nations said the following, it has been now solidly documented that the Russian armed forces used Iranian drones in Ukraine, notably to indiscriminately bomb civilian infrastructure. The provision of this equipment by Iran to Russia is a violation of Resolution 2231, uh, obviously which relates to uh, the <coughs> Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action or the 2015 Nuclear Agreement. And I'd like to ask you both, uh, generals, when we're talking about uh, this statement, which was echoed by the United States, by France, uh, obviously, but also by Germany and the United Kingdom, does this mean that the Iranians are utilizing these systems into the northern arena at the expense of a nuclear deal? You know, I think that we should uh, listen carefully to, for the, to, to what is being said by the intelligence uh, of the, those uh, Western countries, um, the UK, United States, and and also France, they were quite accurate uh, with their uh, intelligence. And uh, by the way, this is also what helps uh, the Ukrainian on the late uh, successes uh, that we see in the battlefield. There is a very intense intelligence help that they got. Uh, so from uh, this point of view, I think that there is no reason uh, not to uh, believe to this intelligence. And uh, I think we should take it uh, as it is. And um, uh, you know, the, the Iranians, and we are talking about uh, the drones, but uh, from, from a military point of view, uh, it's not only drones. Drones is only one of the capabilities that the Russians are using. Uh, there are also other capabilities. What is interesting from my point of view to, to say about it, and it goes again to the more strategic doctrine uh, level, is that uh, they are utilizing those drones against uh, civilians. And uh, we could see it. We could see it in the last footages that were um, um, published by uh, civilians in the, in the Ukraine. You see that those drones are going slowly, by the way, not so fast, into uh, into the civilians. So it's more terror weapon that is being used against uh, against the, the Ukrainians. From the Iranian point of view, we have to remember that for them, as long as the uh, world is talking about other arenas. If he tells them, uh, they, are, they want to continue with their own uh, uh, nuclear uh, capabilities, with their own uh, build-up, and as long as that uh, the world is focused on other places, it goes for their favor. General Shafil? 
I think the uh, nuclear talks are stalled for other reasons, and uh, uh, using those drones through the Russians only helps the Iranians uh, tip in their favor uh, another card that they could throw into the game. Um, but the, I think more important is that the creation of a bond between the Russians and the Iranians uh, is useful for both sides because the Russians have a card to play, which is Iran, and Iran has a card to play, which is Russia. So both sides uh, are gaining from, from this as a leverage point uh, against the West. And as far as the nuclear deal is concerned, I think it's uh, it's almost off the table anyway, because the Iranians are in no hurry to reach any, I, that's the, the way I look at it, in no hurry to reach uh, a, a higher level, uh, because they know that um, if they become uh, um, operational in their nuclear program, this will start a... Uh, race in the Middle East, uh, maybe the, the Saudis and the Egyptians who might be on the receiving end, this kind of these kind of weapons. And I'm not sure that the Iranians um, are in any hurry, but they are in a hurry to get recognized as a uh, local superpower, which is very close to nuclear and um, uh, improve the situation with the sanctions. And so I don't think this will make any changes except give the uh, Iranians more power and more leverage in the continuing talks. An interesting question is why um, are the Russians and the Iranians denying it? What's in it for them? Um, are they uh, uh, regretting it and are going uh, uh, back on this employment? For some reason, uh, while uh, usually they don't care what the world says, they are denying it. And so one way Israel can contribute is in trying to intercept the drones, of course, giving the technology to the Americans who will give it to the Ukrainians, in order to bring it down before it explodes and to show the Iranian markings and the other telltale leads to the Iranian uh, production. Um, and that would perhaps um, uh, put uh, some shame into the Iranians uh, and um, the Russians. Indeed. Well, I'd like to ask uh, on a more operational aspect. Obviously, Israel is studying from afar uh, and not from so far uh, the, the utilization of those uh, unmanned aerial vehicles in the Ukrainian battlefield. But beyond that, um, the Iranians are obviously in a... Uh, context of R&D, research and development, are learning to improve their systems and are understanding also of their weak spot. To what degree is this something that is being taken into account here in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv? Well, it certainly is being taken into account. Uh, and uh, we all remember that the Iranians have uh, reverse engineered an American um, unmanned aerial vehicle uh, which came down in the uh, Persian Gulf or, or in Iran itself. Now, there are uh, at least two different uh, versions of these drones. There are the armed drones uh, where uh, missiles are being launched from, and they are, of course, uh, intended for 
multiple users. Um, they go back uh, to uh, their uh, launcher um, or the unit uh, which launched them. And there are these kamikaze drones, which are uh, uh, for um, one time, they explode and um, they are like a bomb, but uh, rather than uh, being uh, uh, launched or dropped from a plane, they are, uh, the, the bomb is the plane. Um, so yes, Israel um, um, obviously is analyzing the level of proficiency that the Iranian uh, defense industry is using uh, regarding not only the drones, but other missiles and unmanned um, vehicles, maritime uh, and, and ground and other sorts of uh, uh, R&D efforts. Indeed. Uh, General Govish, I'd like to hear also your perspective on this. But also, uh, to what degree uh, can we see a similarity, if you will, between uh, the Ukrainian front uh, and the Yemeni front, where we saw just this past weekend yet another uh, drone attack, if you will, uh, which was uh, supposedly intercepted by the Saudis uh, when the Iranian proxy, the, the Houthi tribe, uh, attempted to strike uh, the Al-Dabba uh, port uh, of Saudi. Well, yes, of course, uh, Israel is uh, is looking at it, but uh, we also have to remember that for Israel, it's not a new threat. Uh, we already intercepted uh, drones uh, lately in the northern arena uh, coming uh, from the Hezbollah. In the last uh, year or two, we intercepted drones, Iranian drones, that were shot at Israel from uh, Syria, and also Israeli airplanes intercepted the drones uh, far away from Israel that was shot to, to, from the east uh, toward Israel. So it's not that we are looking at this uh, threat as a new one. Uh, this is something that uh, the intelligence is there for it. Uh, the Israeli Air Force uh, capabilities, either the fixed winds, airplanes that, in, that intercepted drones, helicopters that intercepted drones, and of course the air defense that intercepted those. So it's a multi-layer uh, defense that is being uh, uh, implemented here in Israel, and one of the threats that he is dealing with are those drones that uh, we are talking. It's, it's a combination of intelligence, doctrine, operational capabilities, training, uh, weapon systems, and uh, when you look at all those together, this is what means the, um, the, the way of uh, defending and, and working against those, uh, those drones. And this is something that is happening. We are looking at uh, what is happening in the Ukraine, but we also have it in our own arena. I would okay. also add that, uh, you know, we have to take in proportion those uh, drones that uh, we see, the, the Shab-136 uh, uh, and others. Uh, and um, this is not, uh, you know, very, I would say, uh, threatening threat. And we have to look at it in proportion. It's not so big. It uh, carries uh, up to 30, 40 uh, kilos of, uh, of, uh, of uh, explosives, uh, which can do not a big damage, uh, as, as you could uh, imagine. Uh, of course, this is, again, one of the threats that we have to look at it, when, mainly if they come uh, with the swarms. Uh, so we have to take it into proportion. This is something that uh, Israel already dealt with. Of course, uh, we are looking into this arena. And by the way, there are also similarities between this world of uh, swarms coming uh, from the, the swarms of drones to salvos of uh, rockets. We saw salvos and rockets coming 
from Aza toward Israel. This is the same idea that the enemy is trying to saturate the, the defendant. This is something that you have to deal with. Even though those uh, drones are the same cost as statistical missiles as opposed to precision-guided munitions, uh, which are substantively more expensive. Uh, General Shafir? Uh, we have to uh, go back a couple of years into the Nagorno-Karabakh area where the uh, Azerbaijanis had been using uh, Turkish uh, drones uh, that are well known and uh, have had great success in um, the, the different types of these drones as the uh, Armenians were unaware of uh, this new capability and the results were uh, uh, in favor of the uh, Azeris, if you can call it that. So um, in, in this Ukrainian arena, uh, we're seeing the same type of weapon systems. Uh, Remember that there are some things we're not uh, going into, such as uh, the uh, electronic warfare, Indeed. jamming of the uh, uh, GPS, um, jamming the command system of the uh, controlled vehicles, uh, even uh, taking away the video that comes out of the uh, uh, these drones. And um, there are many things that are what we call under the table that take place and can neutralize um, these kind of weapons. Whereas if I may, General Shafir, actually, uh, the point that you raise is very important. This is something that I'd like to ask you. Uh, we don't have very much time for that, so if you may do uh, so shortly. Uh, the electronic warfare is being utilized by the Russians in Syria and uh, utilized against Israel, against Israeli uh, UAVs over Syrian skies uh, to try and avoid uh, as much as possible reconnaissance. Uh, is this something that could become a tit-for-tat that the uh, Israelis here would then uh, approve certain electronic warfare that would then challenge those Iranian drones over Ukraine? With your permission, I, I would rather not go into this, uh, the details of of this, uh, but I would only mention that uh, until last year, there were two years where there was no GPS reception between Turkey and uh, southern Lebanon. Indeed. So planes that were flying in the Mediterranean uh, between, over several hundred miles had no GPS reception because the Russian ships were jamming all the GPS receptions, including Chinese, Russian, and uh, and and U.S. made uh, mm -hmm. GPS transponders. So, um, having said that, uh, one must take into account that there are things that um, we won't talk about. That the, what we call the warfare under the table, that uh, all sides are learning how to, uh, I would say, uh, neutralize the sides' uh, strong points. Indeed. Well, this uh, unfortunately is all the time that we have for today, so I'd like to thank General Gavish, General Shafir, and Mr. Owen for being part of today's uh, panel, and I'd like to thank our viewers as well, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.